Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 204. Thank you so much for joining us. Today is an interview. We are so happy to be back on our normal schedule providing you guys creator interviews. And today is a really good one. It is with our friend Jeffrey, who is Theme Park Millennial from ThemeParkMillennial.com. And you can find him by that same name on all social media outlets as well, most notably Instagram. And Jeffrey has a really amazing story of how his account and his brand came to be. And so we dive into all that. We talk about you don't always have to niche down. Sometimes you can just share your interest and you can build a brand around yourself and your passion. So hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to turn it over to Jeffrey now. He's going to introduce himself and tell us one random fact that we may not know about him from social media. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Jeffrey, like they said, um, and I am 26 years old. I'm on the younger end of the millennial side, which is always fun because most of my millennial followers um, end up being older than I am and have a different millennial perspective, which makes it interesting. Um, I currently live in Indiana. I lived in Tampa for two years. My day job is in higher education um, and an housing administrator there, but absolutely love talking about theme parks and pop culture and showing off Disney style and all of that. Um, a fun fact that you probably don't know is I am actually partially colorblind. I don't share that a ton. Um, it's always my go-to fun fact in person, but I never really share it online for some reason. But um, I'm like red, green, colorblind, so I can see colors, but I have distinguishing between them when they're close or similar um, can sometimes be a little bit tricky. Hmm, That is very interesting. (laughs) It's funny that you said you share that in person. So if you work with like housing and stuff on a college campus, do you have to do a lot of those like icebreaker type games? Typically, yes, we do a lot of icebreakers with resident assistants, student leaders. But right now, we don't because everything <laughs> is online and on Zoom and we're doing very different icebreakers and it's great. <laughs> Not oh great, but that part of it is great. <laughs> yes. Do you do icebreakers with your middle schoolers? Absolutely. Oh, I hated that as a student. Oh, oh, you have, that's that's like the whole you know first week of school is just mm-hmm. icebreakers and get to know you nonsense. I mean, it is essential. Yeah. Oh, they're essential. I hate them, but they're absolutely (laughs) essential. (laughs) I just do them all the time, so I hate them. (laughs) Well, so I want to learn first about your Disney story. And you can throw Universal in there as well, if you'd like, because I know you you share a passion for both of them. So how did that start? How has it grown over time and, and develop that passion? Yeah. So I've always been a Disney fan of the movies and went to the parks as a kid two or three different times throughout my childhood and teenage years um, on different family vacations. My love for the parks in Orlando really grew when I lived down there and went down there for grad school, lived in Tampa. Um, And that's when I became an annual pass holder to Disney World first. And then a few months later, I'm like, I have to see the Wizarding World. So I'm 
going to get an annual pass to Universal. Why buy a ticket when I can just buy a pass and go all the time? That's my logic. Um, I'm an enabler. I will spend money if I have to or just want to. Um, so I started going pretty much every single week or weekend. I was at one of the parks, if not multiple um, or multiple days in a weekend. Um, just going all the time, soaking it all in, learning everything I could. Uh, and that that really just sparked my love for it. And then as I start to learn more about the history of the parks, Disney especially, and figuring all this out of, well, there used to be this and this ride has this story and all of that and figuring out all the ways to do a trip to Disney. Granted, being a local, you do it a little bit differently than when you're planning a week-long vacation, but uh, still tried to figure some of that out. I went to Disneyland two years ago this summer, um, last month. So it's been a couple years, but that was my first trip out there. Absolutely loved that. Um, and I just love the magic of the parks, but also the active nature of it. I'm very much a active vacationer. I need to be doing something. I can't just go. I enjoy a beach. I enjoy mountains, but I can't just go somewhere and just sit and exist. I have to be doing something. And so that's what theme parks really provide for me. Um, and obviously, then I get to connect with all my different pop culture fandoms that I'm a part of um, through those theme parks and see those different things come to life in a way that you never really get to see anywhere else. I, I'm curious if you have a thought or have an idea of what cemented it to continue that fandom once you went back to Indiana because I think, you know, many people would fall into that, that you come down here, the theme parks are so accessible. You get to go, you know, any of your free time and that just becomes part of your routine. But obviously when you're living further away, I feel like a lot of people, it might dwindle away, but, mm -hmm. but it hasn't for you. So do you have an idea of what kind of cemented it and what made you want to bring it back home? Yeah, I think after two years down there, it was just so much a part of my routine. And I was just so connected to that community that I didn't want to give it up. I moved back here to Indiana two years ago this month, July. And then both of my annual passes at the time expired that upcoming October. So I had a few months to decide. Initially, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to renew. If I end up going back, I'll pay for a ticket. I didn't plan on even being back here this long, for the record. Coronavirus kind of changed that. Um, but um, I just, I couldn't give it up. So when I kept thinking and I got closer and closer to that renewal date, I'm just like, okay, it's almost time. I went for that Labor Day weekend in, in the middle there. And I'm like, this, is, this was so great to be back, seeing people that I knew and reconnecting with people that I had met during grad school uh, when I lived down there. And... It's like, I can't give it up. And then my birthday is in October and I wanted to go for that, but it was after my expiration date. So that was kind of the like kick that I needed to be like, okay, I'm going to renew so I can go for this. If I go one or two more times for like an extended weekend or a week, I can get my value out of this pass. I did let Universal expire at first. I'm like, I'm only going to be able to get Disney's value. I can't get the value out of two annual passes. So I let Disney renew. I canceled Universal. I ended up getting Universal back this past fall. So this past October when I went, mainly because I wanted to ride the Hagrid's coaster. I had to ride it. <laughs> and I was going for Halloween Horror Nights. I wanted to just see Universal. It had been a year, two years, year, whatever it had been at that point. Math is hard. But it had been a little bit since I'd been. I'm like, it'll be fresh. And I did the math. It was cheaper to buy this preferred annual pass i think is what i have the second highest um for the two park versus buying a park to park 
two-day ticket that I planned on buying for the two days I was going to go. So it would be cheaper to do it with the annual pass. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to pay the money and already planned on buying the tickets, I'll save money to buy the annual pass. So it's not like I'm splurging to get it. I'm actually saving to get it. And that shocked me. I had to like crunch the numbers two or three times to really figure it out. But I don't think people often realize... Annual passes are expensive by all means. They're a luxury, uh, especially at Universal or at Disney. Universal's a little bit cheaper, but you also don't get as many parks. So when you balance all that out, it comes out to be about the same value. But if you go enough, even as an out-of-state person and out-of-state pass holder, you can still get the value out of it. And that's a lot to transition to kind of what I talk about online, the content I create. That's a lot of what I try to focus on is... You can do these trips. You can have these annual passes. You, even without an annual pass, you can have this lifestyle without being rich. Like I'm by no means rich. Like I'm comfortable, but like I don't have a ton of excess money lying around. It's just a matter of budgeting it out and managing priorities to know, okay, Disney and Universal are where I'm putting my leisure money and travel money and I'm budgeting for that. So maybe I don't budget for something else. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are conversations. We have had so many of those Mm -hmm. conversations at our house, just trying to manage everything. But we want to learn about all of your different facets with Theme Park Millennial. So we're going to start from the very beginning. So how did everything get started? You know, what was kind of that initial spark and the kind of just everything that it took to get it off the ground? Yeah. So I started the Instagram account in January of 2019. Well, okay. Let me actually back up even before that because no, I never really share this, but Theme Park Millennial actually was born and existed as a name a year prior in December of 2017. So December 2017, January 2018, I started a Facebook group that was like Millennials of Disney World when like there was a ton of Facebook groups for literally any kind of demographic at Disney, at Universal as like just a random group, no real connection, no real plan for it. I'm just like, let me see if I can get people to join this to have people to meet up with at the parks. Um, didn't really plug it. Didn't even know there was any kind of like a Disney community out there on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook even. Like I knew there were Facebook groups that were huge, but that's all I re- really saw. So I did that. That lasted like a month because it was just like, okay, like 50, 75 people joined, I think. And I'm just like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. No one ever wanted to meet up because a lot of people that joined weren't locals for some reason. They were out of state and they were like coming once a week out of the year. And I'm like, no, I want someone that I can meet up with this weekend not three months from now when you have your week-long vacation. So (laughs) it was just a random spur of the thing. And so then I eventually changed the name to be just Theme Park Millennials. And then I dropped the S and I'm like, okay, let's try to make this a brand. And that's when I bought the domain actually was for themeparkmillennial.com was a year before I ever started the Instagram that I have now and doing what I'm doing now. And it just kind of sat there. I had like a couple random blog posts that was like, what about Christmas and then New Year's? Because that's the time frame I was at. They weren't great. One was bar- barely even half finished. And so that's actually the start of it. I say January 2019 is like this founding or established date, though, because that is when the Instagram account was created. That's when the actual brand I have now, the logo I use now, everything I'm doing started. It's just I bought the domain a year prior. So it kind of sat there for a little bit. 
And I'm like, so in January of 2019, I was thinking, okay, I was here in Indiana at the time. This was now like three months after I renewed my Disney annual pass that made that decision to continue the timeline. I'm like, okay, I had just been for Christmas. I had been in October for my birthday. I'd been in Labor Day that weekend. And then I had two years prior of all these pictures, all this content, all this knowledge, and no one around here in Indiana really cares. They don't, they don't want to hear me talk about Disney all the time. Me posting about it on my personal pages to 400 followers was like, okay, these people don't care. They're not Disney people. I mean, they like it, but they go and it's there and then they watch a movie and it's, that's it. And so I'm like, okay, let me just create, create this and see what happens. And I'm like, I want to create a community. Let me try to get people around me that I can talk to about this. Again, not knowing this big Disney community on Instagram and Twitter already existed. And I'm just like, I see that in like February then of like, wow, all these other Disney accounts are like, I'm following them. They're following me. I started doing like a A to Z challenge. Uh, February was, I don't, remember what the theme was, but it was one of those like super basic month long challenges that was happening at the time. I joined that and started getting into like different groups related to that and DM groups and talking to people and meeting people. And the people that I met then are some of my closest friends now, people that I still talk to and engage with and collab with even now. And so that's really the kickoff March slowed down a bit because that challenge ended. I didn't really know what to post. Another challenge picked up in April. April is when I hit a thousand followers on my Instagram account. Towards the end of it, I had my Dapper Day trip, and that's when I met up with. Of the thousand followers, I would honestly say I probably met up with two to three hundred of them that weekend at Disney World because it was Dapper Day, and everyone goes for Dapper Day pretty much if you're local for sure. And so many people come from out of state. And so then seeing, okay, this is going somewhere. I never thought I'd have a thousand followers on Instagram. Um, and then May and comes along and I actually start, okay, let me take this seriously. Let me see what kind of content I cre- can create, get ser- get more serious with my blog and figure out where I'm going with that. And it's just taken off since and never thought I'd have 10,000 followers on Instagram. And here we are over that. So it's like, it's just continually amazing me of how successful it's been able to be in the year and a half that I've been doing this. And it's changed. It's changed. And my approach has changed since I initially started when I was just kind of posting old pictures and talking about whatever the theme of the day was. And now I do a little bit more strategy to it. I still obviously do a lot of the challenges, but those have changed and gotten a little bit more, planned and strategic as well. And so it's been a year and a half of just constantly evolving and what I post and figuring it all out. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to that journey of that you start somewhere and you don't really realize where it's going to go. And I relate so much to, to what you're talking about that you, you crave this community, you crave the interactions Mm -hmm. of people who are interested in how you do Disney or how you do, you know, different things to incorporate the feeling that, that we want in our home lives when we're not in the theme parks. And I was the same way, like just stumbled across Instagram, realized that it was a thing and and that there were people out there who were posting every single day about it and talking about it nonstop. And it's, it's, I think it's really fun when people are able to stumble across that and you just see their eyes light up and say like, (laughs) 
I don't have to bother my friends and family anymore. (laughs) There's so many people that say that same reason for starting it. And I'm like, that's so real. And it's funny because I was posting on my personal account. That's like my first and last name. Nothing fancy. Disney pictures all the time. I was on my Instagram story. And when anytime I was in the parks, when I was local, which was again, was every week, I was posting Disney pictures there using Disney hashtags. A lot of the same ones I still use now that I used then. And it was getting seen, but like it never picked up traction because I was just posting pictures. I was just posting random pictures with characters. There was nothing valuable about that other than it was me having a good time, which is great. But that's kind of where I've evolved how I approach Theme Park Millennial. And that account now is always trying to provide value from the very beginning. I never wanted to just post a one line caption or just a random picture, but provide some type of value or inspiration or some type of meat to the content and the caption or the photo is exceptional. Something there that makes people stop and say, I want to read this. I want to look at this. I enjoy this. Um, like even back my first like five posts in January of 2019 were longer caption posts and they have been ever since. Granted, every once in a while I'll go short, but, and they're still not one line. They still contribute something to the conversation versus a song lyric or a caption. Now I go on my personal Instagram and it's one line or two emojis in a pretty picture because again, I, 400 followers of my friends and family, whatever they can get over it. If they want to see the the good stuff, they can follow the other account. (laughs) (laughs) That is very important because, you know, when you are, you know, creating this community and you are branching out with so many different types of content, you are still able to kind of go back to this place and you can see it all so streamlined. And I think that's something that we really appreciate about what you do because, you know, you're sharing things about style and traveling on a budget and, you know, all of these interests that you have. So, you know, did you just kind of take the things that you wanted and then just share it in that way? Or what was your approach to having these different outlets? Yeah. So that's been something else that has really evolved too of what I do and what I share started out more so just tips and sharing. I hate to say expertise because I don't consider myself. Okay. Fine. I'm an expert. I won't sell myself. (laughs) Um, But sharing my experience and expertise and trying to help people like, okay, if you're going to pick a fast pass at Hollywood studios, what's the best one to pick? Like those kind of tips. And then I'm like, okay, everyone's doing this. This isn't valuable. This isn't contributing anything. How can I step this up? Um, Then I dived into the news side of reporting theme park news and sharing that and making sense of that. That really started about a year ago, last July, when uh, literally a year ago this week when San Diego Comic-Con was happening with all the Marvel news. And we got all all those Marvel movies announced which now thinking back is just sad. Um, but we, I did a post on that and that was one of my first ones that ever blew up or went like semi-viral um, and got people's attention because it was a wrap up of all the Marvel movies, timeline of all of that. And then the next month in August when D23 happened, I covered that from my couch and just filled my stories with everything from the panels and did wrap up post at the end of every day and just 
honestly acted like I was there, but I was watching it from Twitter and live streams and doing it again from my couch in my living room. Um, and that is where I really am like, okay, this is what I want to do is I want to be reporting this stuff. I want to be sharing this stuff. I want to be writing and talking about this um, and realized I need to make again a shift of how, how can I continue to share news again when I'm not there and stay up to date and stay informed? Because up to that point, I'm like, I don't think I can share park news because I'm not there. I'm not going to be first with it. But in all reality, it's easier than you think. Like you're still, you're relying on other people, credit them. Absolutely. Please give credit to your sources. Uh, but you can still share that and still make sense of it and talk about it and provide that unique value and perspective to that. And then I added in style later on that fall, winter, never thought I would be the person that is a style inspiration or (laughs) giving tips on style or anything. But as I continue to post, I'm like, okay, I have to look good when I'm posting these Instagram pictures because I can't just post text. I have to have something that I'm putting in there. And at first it was more so pictures of things in the parks and I, I would post my face like every three or four pictures. And then it just slowly evolved to this, to the point now that I'm in every picture on my feet. And I'm like, that's, it's been a huge boost for my self-confidence, honestly. Um, and my self-esteem because previously I would never want to do that and like would nitpick everything. And now I'm just like, yeah, that one looks good. Post that. Um, so it's like, it's really helping with that as well. But continuing to just if honestly my style has even evolved and i've i care more about what i wear and what i buy and what i look like um because i know i have to be able to post it and look good for an instagram photo and granted i don't really care too much about how i look and what i wear like it's nothing fancy it's a i call it a sporty casual style but that's what you wear to the parks like it's not anything big like typical influencer fashion icon fashion week runway kind of style it's a this is practical you can wear it to the parks but also make it match your disney shirt make it match make your ears match your shirt match now your mask match your magic band (laughs) um mask and covid have just completely changed the whole ballgame but um it's just continued to evolve and i've tried to kind of narrow down and niche into what I want to do. Like I try to just focus on tips and then news. And then I went on like a over Christmas because that shopping peak shopping time, I tried to focus more on the style and more on the recommendations of products and stuff. And that still didn't work. Cause I'm like, I want to talk about all of this, but it's hard at times that I'm like, I just want to continue doing it all. And so I've kind of found that sweet spot where people just kind of expect news, Disney bounds, Disney style, kind of my three big three. And then you throw in and sprinkle in some other things when Taylor Swift drops a surprise album on a Friday morning. Um, Amen to that. (laughs) Thank God for Taylor Swift and her surprise (laughs) album. (laughs) Right. Exactly. But sprinkling in that, like my post today at the time of recording this weekend was folklore, like nothing Disney about it, not even wearing an inch of Disney (laughs) on my body. And it's like on a theme park millennial Instagram, everything about the page is supposed to be Disney. But to me, Disney is one big thing that we all like and we all share, but we all have other interests. Like we all like universe. 
Universal, Harry Potter, like that's easy to lump in as a theme park. But that doesn't mean I can't also talk about Nintendo and Taylor Swift and random other pop culture, whatever it may be. Like I have many interests. And so my page is going to reflect that. Well, and I, I love that you mentioned kind of that transition from, you know, just posting, you know, beautiful pictures in the park to really incorporating yourself, because I do think that that's kind of what people crave, right? Like they want Mm -hmm. to get to know you. Mm -hmm. um, They want to see you, you know, and they want to understand, you know, the person behind the page. And I think that's really hard for people to understand because, you know, we even say it all the time. Like it's crazy for us to think that people enjoy listening to our voices, right? Because (laughs) you don't typically think about yourself like that, that, you know, people want to know, but they truly do. And Mm -hmm. I think once people can kind of get over that hump, you know, Mm -hmm. you get to that space where you are in every picture because Mm -hmm. that's what people are coming back for. So I think that's a great lesson and just like a great realization that a lot of people can learn from. Even something like Instagram stories, like that's like when I first started, Occasionally I'll share my old, like my first story video I did. And I may do that when this releases, um, just to, for a fun look back, but like, they're so awkward. My first trip to the parks that January was so awkward. I had no idea what I was doing. And granted I'd done it before, but I've only done it from like my personal page of like, I'm just showing the scenery and the environment. I'm not talking to camera. And now I was trying to, cause I had seen other people do it. Like, But now it's like, I just share everything I'm doing. Like, and sometimes I'm like, no one cares that I'm saying this, that I'm doing this. And then those are the things that get people's attention the most. And I get the most replies and reactions about, and I'm just like, why do you care so much about this? Like I posted about my job the other day and how we're opening up in the middle of a pandemic, but let's not get on that. And I'm like, this has again, nothing to do with Disney, a little bit, I guess, to do with theme parks that connected it to Disney opening. But I'm like, you care about it because you care about me. And like that, it's still mind blowing to me that people care. And that sounds awful, but like, cause it's great that they do, but it's still shocking because again, I never thought I'd be the person that had a thousand followers on Instagram, yet alone 10. Uh, and so it's just, it's so humbling, honestly, to think about it. And the fact that people look to what I'm doing and they like, so many people say they look forward to what I have to say on stories. They see my story pop up on their feed or my post pop up on their feed and they get their kid around and they watch it together. And I'm like, okay, first of all, this isn't always kid friendly. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's your choice. If you're showing it to your kid, by all means, make that parenting decision. Just know what you're signing up for. Uh, but I'm like that. It blows me away when I hear that. I'm like, you stop what you're doing gather the family and watch my Instagram story or watch or read my post or watch my TikTok, whatever it is. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're on TikTok. I am on TikTok. Same name. Oh. <laughs> We're going to have to find it. After this. Yeah, it, it is very small. <laughs> it's like very small. I don't post on it very often. And I almost always share what I post to my story because I can't not. And I know you're not supposed to do that because you should keep them separate because that's how you grow it. But it's happening. Occasionally I get one that blows up and gets a few thousand views. Usually not. 
they're not that good. <laughs> I just think it's so fun. I mean, it's just silliness. Oh, yeah. is all it is. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just like complete There's no chaos. aesthetic to it. There's no <laughs> branding. There's absolutely no purpose to it other than it's just either funny. I mean, some of them are serious, but they're usually there's some humor or sarcasm to it or satire. And it's just entertaining and you can get lost in it for hours. I do a lot more consuming on TikTok than I do creating. And I honestly consume more TikTok than I do other apps. Like I'm scrolling through TikTok's feed more than I am Instagram's at this point. I've noticed the same transition myself. Catherine still doesn't have it on her phone. I feel like you're almost scared to put it on your phone. I think I am. Like (laughs) enjoy it from a distance from his phone and then... To avoid it on yours because it's a trap once it's on your phone. That's you, what I've heard. People get considerably less sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do want to hit on, and it, and you've kind of said it in so many words, but I I think so many people need to hear, like we talk about storytelling a lot of times and, and a lot of elements of storytelling are story arcs or like character arcs. Yeah. And as crazy as it sounds, I think that a life in creating is somewhat similar to that, that a lot of times we have many people, us, ourselves included, you have this idea that, hey, all these other people are sharing their interest on Instagram or TikTok, Twitter, whatever it might be. They have these interests. I'm going to do the same thing, but I'll do it by just sharing these pictures of the castle mm-hmm. that I have served on my camera roll. And then you start realizing like, okay, this isn't really doing what I thought it would be unless I'm like the top 1% of photographers and (laughs) we're definitely not that. Right. So you got to start putting your own twist on it and you got to start putting your own flavor and putting Mm -hmm. your opinions Mm -hmm. in there and and sharing more of yourself. And you get that scared factor. You're like, I don't know. Like, are people Uh going to like me? Do I like this? But then I love that you mentioned that as it grew and as you started to realize that people wanted to hear from you and they're looking forward to hearing from you, then you get that boost in self-esteem. You get mm-hmm. that boost in, in knowing that that's what people are there for. Mm-hmm. And it's very sad sometimes because I think people give up before they reach that moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so many people it, give up before they get to that or they just keep trug- trudging along without trying to reach that. And then they're just struggling and never break through because they won't reach that. They won't reach for that next step. Yeah. And, and I think it's like each person has got to figure it out on their own. And honestly, Mm -hmm. that's something that we are still trying to figure out that we have to constantly tell ourselves, we've got to put ourselves on our Instagram, for example, more. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it just doesn't happen, but that's something that we know we have to do. And we're working through that. But I feel like so many people, just they don't mm-hmm. think that their voice needs to be heard when in reality it really does Yeah, because somebody out there needs to hear what you have to say. Right. Right. Someone out there will appreciate it. And like I've mentioned, like there's multiple people that tell me they appreciate it, but even if it was just one that reaches out anytime one person sends me a message or leaves a comment that says how much they appreciate it or needed that message or needed that post, that's enough. That makes it all worth it. It makes all the hassle of it because it's not all sunshine and rainbows of content creating and being a part of this community. We know that. Uh, but it makes it all worth it when someone talks about how meaningful and impactful it is for them. And that that's just so important. Mm-hmm. 
So to wrap up this first portion of it, you are obviously a man on a mission. You're killing it. You've grown and evolved and built such a really wonderful community and falling behind. So we just wanted to hear what's next. Like, what is the ultimate goal behind this? Like, are you content just just keeping at it and and seeing what comes with it? Or do you have, you know, big dreams behind this that that you want to make sure come to fruition? Yeah. So it's funny. I was just talking to someone the other day about how we, we've both just hit 10 K recently last month. And then, so before that, when we were at the eight K nine K, it felt like we were at the top of our game at the top of everything and doing great. Almost like when you're a senior in high school, you're the big kid in college, big kid in the school, in high school and class. And everything's great. And then you hit 10K and it's like you're the college freshman, the tiny little fish in the big sea, thrown into it all over again, no idea what you're doing. It feels a lot a lot like that right now, honestly, of it's a whole new world, um, to use a Disney song, uh, out there. Uh, because you're now being looked at and being compared with a whole new set of other creators. And, and maybe that's all in my head. But the fact that I had this conversation with someone else tells me, okay, it's not just me um, of that. And I'm totally grateful for all of the people that follow me and engage and all that. But it's just, in a lot of ways, in some ways I miss it. Like I enjoy the swipe up. Don't get me wrong. Um, (laughs) Use that fully, but it's, it definitely feels different. In some ways it feels like a good different. In other ways, it's like you're being looked at and watched a little bit more closely. Like, As soon as I post a story now, it's like people have seen it. And uh, it feels like growth is a little bit different. In some ways, it's easier because I think people are quicker to follow an account with the K in the follower count and not than not. And so I don't really know what's next. I'm trying to figure out kind of what I'm doing in this whole pandemic thing and what that looks like. And if I'm even going to be going to the parks anytime soon and if Florida can get its act together with its numbers and it's going to be safe for me to travel from out of state. So I don't know where that's going, but uh, if I'm going to keep doing the at-home content and the edits and getting full advantage out of this Photoshop license. Um, So I'm definitely not going anywhere, but just trying to kind of keep going and keep continuing to take on new opportunities and reach new people and find new audiences that haven't been exposed to me because in a lot of ways, a lot of the, typical people around they've seen me they know me like i have to continue to put myself into new spaces and that's another reason why i don't just post about disney why i branch out because like today i use taylor swift related hashtags and people that like taylor swift but don't necessarily follow the disney Graham community but they're still somewhat disney fans they're finding my page from it like or post about universal or post about Harry Potter. So people can find that when they're not as plugged into one of those areas and one of those niches, they can find you through different ways. Um, and so continuing to kind of sprinkle in different parts of my interest and my personality and just figure out whatever else 2020 has in store. Like I don't want to plan too much for the rest of the year because I don't know what the year has planned for me because every week it feels like there's some new crisis that we have to navigate 
I was going to say, if you figure it out, let us know right, <laughs> what else right. is coming. <laughs> <laughs> I will be sure to let everyone know if I happen to figure that one out. <laughs> I think we survived murder hornets, though. That so was I like think two months we- ago. Yeah, they didn't right. last more than a week. I don't know what happened to those. <laughs> Man, it's... It's crazy times out there, but we appreciate you so much sharing that because I know that our listeners can connect with that. And if there's someone looking, you know, they're trying to either get over the hump and, and figure out what their voice can be online or if they're looking on starting something, I think this conversation will be very helpful mm-hmm. to know that there's so right. many different avenues that you can go. There's so many different types of content that you can create and areas that you can dive into. But ultimately, it all just reflects back on you and you have to be the backbone of it. So I think that's so helpful. Um, So we appreciate you sharing that. So we'll take a quick break, hear a message from our partners, and then we will be back to play the new modified FastPass round. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure like many of you, we have many different topics that we want to talk about in the world of Disney. Most recently, we've been doing our storytelling episodes on Wednesdays, and those are all based off Disney attractions. We don't always have pictures that we can match with this content, so that's where something like the photo reserve comes in handy. We go in there, search, we find pictures of the attractions that we want to talk about, and there's our promo for the episode of the week. We don't have to worry about going and grabbing one or looking back through all of our thousands and thousands of photos. It's there and easy to find. If you think that's something that would help you and your project, you can head to reportthemagic.com slash detour. And there you're going to get six completely free Disney photos and also a guide on how to grow your Pinterest presence. So again, that's reportthemagic.com slash detour or hit the link down in the show notes. Okay, so we're back and I am more excited than I've ever been for a fast pass round because I tell my kids this at school all the time, especially, you know, like first block, but you get to be the guinea pig for us. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to see how this works. Yeah. So if you missed our episode last week, we thought that our fast pass round got a little stale asking the same questions every week. So we now have a big giant fast pass round roulette wheel that we're going to spin it a number of times, get through as many questions as we can. And so it'll be different every week. So I'm interested to see what we can land on. I'm going to go ahead and spin the first one. I wish that I'm insert roulette wheel sound here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First one for you is your favorite Disney resort. And it not, doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. Favorite Disney resort is the Polynesian. And I have stayed there. <laughs> it's mm, beautiful. Yeah. I don't love it for the rooms. The rooms weren't anything necessarily special that I stayed in, but the vibe and all the amenities and Ohana and Trader Sam's and Tambu Lounge, oh, that bread pudding. Oh my God. Okay. Now <laughs> I'm just hungry. But in the Wapu Lapu, okay, now I'm thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the smell. We passed oh, uh, the smell, a candle. the Dole Whip. How could I forget that? The pool, the view of the castle. Like, Take me to the, to the Polynesian, please. <laughs> right now, of course, we've been down here and we were leaving Magic Kingdom the other day. And I just said there would be nothing better than just to go sit oh. uh, at the Trader Sam's outdoor patio. Oh. Like I would love nothing more. Same. It's still closed. Yeah. Someday we'll get there. So... The next one is, what do you think the biggest mistake that newbies make when they visit Disney? Oh, 
I would say it's just uh, for Disney World, it's just showing up. And this is based on pre-July 2020 Disney because I, you can kind of just show up now, I guess. Um, but it's just showing up with thinking, oh, you don't need fast passes, not looking at anything online, not reading the material, just buying the ticket and forgetting about it till your flight. Um, because then you get there and you realize you can't do a whole lot because lines are so long for everything and you don't have any dining reservations and you don't have anything special booked. Like you can enjoy it. You can find things to do and wait in line, but it's not going to be the same as if you had planned it. And a lot of people hate that. I know I like the planning, obviously, <laughs> but a lot of people hate it. And one of the maybe nicer things currently is you don't have to do as much planning with no fast pass and dining reservations are either not being booked or easier to get, or there's at least a shorter time frame at 60 days out versus 180. So that got a little bit easier. You just have to get that coveted park pass reservation instead. So I'm completely with you. I think that is also valid. Once they, once they get back to normal operation, all that is uh, so true. But I will say even right now with how simplified it is, <laughs> we still really? saw a family show up with the AAA vouchers that they bought online, no park reservation, begging guest services to let them in. Oh, so I thought, it never gets better. <laughs> Some oh, people, I mean, I should have known. <laughs> There's always going to be people that do that. It's Disney and they're just... <gasps> I, I just thought it is never... And let me guess, they were simple. trying to get into Hollywood Studios. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was actually magic, but if it was Hollywood, they probably just would have laughed in their face. Yeah, right. just, they wouldn't entertain the conversation at that point. I'm like, yeah. you're not getting in there for weeks. <laughs> yep. So next one is... Oh, okay. <laughs> this so is this, a hard one. This one is a hard one. Oh. We had a very difficult time answering this. Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars. Specifically talking about movies. Only three can stay. One has to go. Oh, that's and easy. Why. Star Wars can go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's an easy one. I don't. I've I've seen one Star Wars movie because I watched it this past May because we were quarantined. And what else was I going to do? I watched A New Hope because it was the first one. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but I didn't like it either, and I certainly didn't love it. I stuck through it and finished it because I'm like, okay. I told people on Instagram, I'm, I'm watching this, so I have to be able to post about it the next day. So I, I committed myself and I'm like, I'm going to try it. Nope. Can't do it. I love Galaxy's Edge. And it would be sad to see that go because if I guess if we got rid of the movies, that would have to go. But I'll live because I the other three, I could not do without. See, that was the one I ended up getting rid of too. But I saw where you mentioned that you did like your own Marvel mm -hmm. marathon. I had to do that. And then I ended up having to do the same thing with star Wars too. So maybe once you can get past like the hump <sighs> of the old ones that aren't very good. That's what you everyone says. <laughs> yeah. You fell asleep during a new hope the first time you watched it. Then I made you watch it again <laughs> and now you're on board. But I do think that's interesting since you love Marvel so much. I feel like a lot of times they go hand in hand. And people I put off Marvel for a long time too until um, Infinity War. So before Infinity War came out, the hype was there. And I'm like, okay, I want to see this movie in theaters. And I was asking people around me that I worked with. I'm like, what do I need to watch in order to watch Infinity War? 
And they told me Doctor Strange. Like one movie, Doctor Strange, because it explains the Infinity Stones. And I'm like, okay, it's on Netflix. I watched that. Didn't hate it. Then I went to see Infinity War. Again, I only saw Doctor Strange. I'd seen Captain America First Avenger a little bit. I'd seen clips on TV. Loved Infinity War just by itself. And still cried at the end. Obviously, we can have we can spoil it, right? It's been long enough. (laughs) I think we're We're good. I think we're good. But like, still cried for Spider Man because I still loved him, like just Spider Man in general. Uh, And then once I saw Tom Holland in his movie in Homecoming, I'm like, okay, now this is just sad. And so then, before Endgame came out that next spring, I did a full marathon, bought all the movies on Amazon because it was pre Disney Plus. I'm like, I'm going to buy them all. I'm going to watch them in order, timeline order, not release order. And it was just amazing. Like the movies are so good. Uh, Star Wars, I thought I was going to end up doing that. But after that first movie, like I did not feel the same way about that as I did the first, as I did first Avenger for Captain America. And I'm just like, or Infinity War, I guess when I watched it first, but maybe if I started with one of the newer Star Wars, like I did with the newer Marvel at the time, I might feel different, but I'm okay not being a Star Wars fan because I have enough other fandoms. And if I'm a Star Wars fan, I'm going to want a lightsaber and I'm going to want a droid. I'm going to want to buy all this stuff. So it's fine. I'll just keep buying all this other stuff for Disney, Pixar and Marvel. And there you go. (laughs) I also do want to have a conversation with whoever told you to watch Doctor Strange first. (laughs) It was the consensus of people that I worked with at the time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because because I, of the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Also, yeah. partly also because it's on Netflix or was on Netflix, <laughs> and so I, I didn't have to buy it or pay for it. It was there because at the time there wasn't a lot else available other than like I think one of the Thors and Spider Man might have been at the time, and then it quickly went off. Like it was one of the few, and it was the only one I guess that made sense. I don't know. I, I can see it's it. It's not a bad movie. It's one it. of my favorites, honestly. But that's what they said, so I did it. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> Still didn't okay. really understand it, but <laughs> it is, it's out there. But the next one is: if you could experience one past attraction or show, which one would it be? Probably Spectro Magic, because. I've seen pretty much all the other parades or major parades at Disney world, but that one. And I want to know, cause everyone loves it. Everyone that's seen it, loved it, talks about it. I'm like, I want to know what this is. Um, cause I, I saw wishes. Like I was, saw that when I still lived in Florida, like happily ever after and wishes like split my time there. Um, uh, pretty much year one, year two, even, um, so Spectrum Magic is like the one thing I haven't seen uh, that I would love to see. It's interesting. I have all these videos from like one of the very last showings of Main Street Electrical mm. when it was a Magic Kingdom. Love it. And anytime I post anything about it, you get all these Spectro Magic fans. <laughs> like, this is nothing compared to Spectro Magic. It's like it's like I when you post Happily After, you get wishes. <laughs> People come yeah. in and I'm like... You can like both. It's fine. I love Wishes, but Happily Ever After is just a better quality show. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So next one's food related. Oh so boy. your favorite sweet snack. 
Oh, I'm going to have to go with that bread pudding at, at the Polynesian Tambu Lao and Johanna because, oh, that's just so good. I just saw somewhere else had bread pudding now, and now I can't remember. At Disney or like outside the parks? <laughs> at Disney, oh, I saw someone say that and it rivaled Polynesian. Oh. oh. I'll look it up after I'll put it in the show notes because I can't <laughs> leave people that hanging information. like that. You can't, yeah, you can't just throw that out there and not say where. <laughs> But I remember seeing a post about that that someone oh said. My. So I'll stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is your least favorite attraction in Animal Kingdom. That's funny because you say Animal Kingdom, given that's my least favorite park. <laughs> oh, shots fired. I love Animal Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, probably Navi River Journey. It's just, I don't get it. It's it's boring. People say it's pretty, but like the land is just as pretty that you and you don't have to wait for it or get a fast waste a fast pass for it when fast passes are a thing. Um, I feel like I had to keep giving that caveat, <laughs> but um, yeah, River Journey, like Flight of Passage, is great. I'd prefer it was an Avatar theme, but it's great. Uh, but Navi River Journey, I'm like, this is the best you could do. Like it's just short. the The best part is the animatronic at the end and when it's working it's nice um it's also kind of creepy at times but like nah <laughs> touch me a bug is also a close one because it's just ugh. yeah the i ending, almost wrote the, the question ending. nope yep i almost wrote the question as what's your least favorite animal kingdom attraction and why is it it's tough to be a bug <laughs> <laughs> I just don't do that one. So like I might ride Navi if I happen to have a fast pass or like if the line was somehow short, but like tough to be a bug, I just wouldn't do. So I don't even think of it as an attraction. It's fine. <laughs> so this is a new one and we didn't answer this in our episode either. So it's brand new. So what is one of the times the hardest that you've ever laughed in Disney? Oh, that's a hard one. That's harder than the Star Wars question. <laughs> oh, okay. So last year for Food and Wine, I was there with a couple of other people from Instagram. It's Darlene Nikki, Kirsten at Magical Cake, um, and a couple other people. We were getting, it was Food and Wine, and we were getting food from Brazil. In the past, the cheese bread has been really, really good. Last year, for whatever reason, it was not. It was doughy. It was trash, honestly. It just wasn't cooked. And so we, we all got it because we all, we're all like, okay, we've heard good things. We're going to try it. And then I start filming a story to talk about it. As I'm biting into it, I'm like, this isn't good. And then I flip my camera on Kirsten and she's like, just staring off into the distance, trying to chew and chew and chew that <laughs> cheese bread and just could not chew it or get it down. And it just turned into this whole thing. It's like the biggest joke now. Like we, sh one of us will share that video like every single month ever since. Like they just shared it, I think this past week or last week for some reason. And it's just hilarious. I'm like with everyone's reactions and the fact that it was so bad like you occasionally get food you don't like at food and wine or in the parks but usually you don't get it that it's just awful and that was not it 
And the thing is, it's such a turn from where it has been in the past because I've had it before. And it was one of my favorites and one of my go-tos. It's like one of the first things we got that day because of that. And it was just, mm. oh, nope. It was, it's hilarious now. But at the time, it was like gag worthy. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they'll redeem themselves because I think it's... Back. I think it's back yeah. now, which it's weird to say that it's July and food and right. wine is back. <laughs> but sure, Disney, go ahead and make that money. You're broke. We get it. <laughs> but I think it's back. I haven't heard anything. Again, neither they've both been, but neither of them are going to try it because they're traumatized. And I don't blame them because I don't think I could try it either. But I haven't seen anyone else get it. I think we... I think we might have influenced people not to get it at this point. <laughs> at least the people that I would be watching to see if they've tried it. So if you see anyone eating it, please let me know. Send me that story. I want to know their thoughts. <laughs> what? We'll it was on our list. We've never had it, so maybe try we'll be it next time you go. Maybe it'll know, be us. I don't know when you have an Epcot reservation again, but try it. Let me know. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. Just don't have, have, one, some, have some water nearby when you do, just in case you don't yeah. like, <laughs> swallow it down really quick. We are talking to Kirsten t- soon. Yeah. Uh, we have an interview on the books with her. So that's like question number one now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. We have to see if oh, your yes. stories match up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. They'll match up. <laughs> She'll probably have less kind things to say than I did. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is who is your favorite villain? So I always say Maleficent and it's still Maleficent because she's just like the queen villain, best baddie around. Lately, it's been more Ursula and she's just really grown on me ever since I did my Ursula Halloween costume because she is she has more of that character development. I think, and she's more well-rounded. Maleficent, like, is the pinnacle villain, and so I love her, and Sleeping Beauty is my favorite movie. But then I look at Ursula, and she's just amazing. Like, I want, I, I don't want to be Maleficent, but I love her. I want to be Ursula. Like, I want all of that. I want that personality. I want that attitude. I want that confidence. Love it. I want it all. <laughs> oh, she's got it all. That's mm-hmm. a good one. So I think this is going to be our last question. It's which movie deserves its own land or attraction? Hercules. That one's easy. Preferably both. Give me a land and an attraction, but I'll settle for an attraction and a meet and greet. Honestly, I'd be happy with just a meet and greet that sticks around long enough for me to get to it and get down there for it because he's been out and then I can't get down there until the week later and then he's gone. So there's that. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I see him in like Paris quite often. He's in, him and Meg are in Paris a bit. They're, they've been at Disneyland. They were at Disney World end of February, for early March, just before they closed. And I was down there the next week and I, they were gone. They were out in, during the day preparing for Moonlight Magic that weekend. And then the next weekend is when I got down there. If I was down there from when Moonlight Magic was happening, you can bet I would have found me a DVC friend real quick. <laughs> like, hi, I'm your friend. I'm your plus one. Let's go. <laughs> that, I, I don't think I've ever seen Hercules either. I don't even know that he went out. He ever. does. The costume exists. But huh. like, just bring him out and give me a land. I mentioned Flight of Passage earlier. I would have loved to have seen that same type of ride technology and the concept. 
been flying on Pegasus through Mount Olympus and Thebes and all that. Like to me, that concept writes itself and that would have been better than Pandora, but I also don't like Avatar. So that's my bias there. Okay. I can get on board with that. (laughs) Now I'm thinking we need Greece and world showcase. So we can get some Greek food. And that the meet and greet would make more sense in like the Greece pavilion at Epcot. Then we can get him and Meg get, find a way to like transport people to the underworld for Hades. Cause he's out occasionally too, usually for run Disney races. I'll take them all, but yes, a Greece pavilion would be great. They sometimes have had a booth for the festivals for food and wine. And I'm like, clearly you have the menu, you have the interest, you have the space to like double the world showcase pavilions. Give me Greece. It's fine. I would be on board. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I need. Like the day I meet Hercules in the parks. Oh, y'all ain't ready. <laughs> y'all are not <laughs> ready for those stories and that post. I'm going to be freaking out the entire time. Like I, those pictures probably will be trash because I'm going to be such a mess that I'm not, they're not going to look good, but you can bet I'm posting them anyway, probably every day for like two months straight. <laughs> And all you're getting I, is different pictures of me meeting Hercules. You I'm sure more. you've seen it. But when the movie first came out, they had a Phil meet and greet too. Yes, they also had a parade through Magic Kingdom down Main Street when the movie first came out. Because they used to do that for all the movies when they came out during that like renaissance period. And they uh-huh. would do like a short little parade every day through Magic Kingdom down Main Street. And they had a Hercules one. And I'm like, bring that back. I just want that. I'll be happy with that for a while. Just give me something. Because, you know, they in Disneyland, they did that 90s night. I'm waiting for like a a 2000s night or something like that. And then we can get all of those favorite movies. Those early 2000s movies, though, were so unpopular. I don't know how well that would go. Jennifer's New Groove as like the best one and even that is kind of underrated I don't know how some of those others are going to last but a 90s night would be great give me that I'll be there I'll be in full PPE full Monsters Inc (laughs) 2319 (laughs) gear whatever it takes like (laughs) COVID bye I'm going to 90s night (laughs) (laughs) So our very last question for you is, of course, what we ask all of our guests at the very end. If you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into the community and maybe become a content creator, or maybe they want to open up a shop, whatever it might be, what would be your advice to that person? Honestly, just get started and do it. Stop waiting. Stop thinking about it. Just create the account, buy the domain, create the website, do the thing and just start and figure it out as you go because you can think about it forever and ever and it's never going to grow. It's never going to take off if it's still in your head. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to do anything on a piece of paper, in your brain, in your notepad document, wherever it's at, if it's not actually existing and you're putting it out there in the world. Just do the thing, put it out there and you'll figure it out. Like, Like I shared, I started my account back in January a year and a half ago and from then to now a year and a half later it's so different not so different but it's it's grown and evolved and changed and my goals and my purpose and what I focus on has changed like 
it's still Disney at the core, but it's just conti- I've continued to learn and improve and gain new skills that I d- didn't think I would have, didn't think I would be able to do. But as you start doing it, you figure it out. So just do it, build that community, connect with people, re- rely on and lean on other people, make those connections and just get started. Like, it, it's so simple to say, but that's the hardest thing I think for most people is just make the commitment to yourself that you're going to do it and then do it, make it happen. Yeah. So I <laughs> Mic drop. So <laughs> you can't really add anything to that, honestly, but you know, we so appreciate you coming on with us. We've had a blast. We've loved getting to know everything about you and theme park millennial. So Go ahead and tell our listeners one last time where they can find you on all forms of social media. Don't forget TikTok. (laughs) And we will be sure to put all those links in our show notes. Yep. You can find me primarily on Instagram at Theme Park Millennial. That's with two L's and two N's. I have to always remind myself how to spell millennial. That's why I say that. Um, I've learned how to spell it over the last year and a half. (laughs) You can find me on TikTok at Theme Park Millennial as well. And on my website at ThemeParkMillennial.com. I have a Twitter. It's my personal Twitter, but you'll find it through my Instagram. So don't worry about that. Um, it's also not purely Disney and it gets kind of political. So we'll leave that out for now. Um, but Instagram is <laughs> the main way to find me. And then I kind of just linked everything from there. So reach out, send me a message. I love to chat with people, leave a comment on my latest post, whatever it is at the time of this episode dropping. And yeah, let's get to know each other. Perfect. So of course, like Catherine said, we'll put the links to all those down in our show notes. Highly suggest going over and connect with Jeffrey. So thank you so much for joining us. We had such a blast chatting with you today. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.